Good morning and welcome to Daily Devotions, Passover or Passion Week um, edition. This is the final installment uh, of the journey because tomorrow, being Friday, we will all be in church uh, or broadcasting the church service for those of you who are not near a town with a church um, and broadcasting our Good Friday service. It's been incredible uh, taking a journey with you over the last uh, four days, this whole week, talking us through the steps Jesus would have taken uh, in uh, getting to the cross and then over the weekend we'll do the whole thing in, in celebration to his resurrection. So really been wonderful. And I noticed the comment about how uh, some of this devotion uh, content or conversation is ha- has been used in a small group or cell group or Bible study group content uh, context. I think that's really remarkable and uh, something we really dream of will happen. Interesting that we should speak about that because, uh, or see that comment, uh, Jess, because today's conversation is exactly about a little group of people gathered around a meal Um, having come out of three years of crowds and chaos and controversy and, and then, and then about to go into just the exact same crowds and chaos and controversy at a cross and a crucifixion and a trial, but there is a supper. And I wanted to take you through that conversation. Perhaps we could learn a couple of lessons from the Last Supper and uh, things to reflect on as we uh, make our way uh, to, to, to this great celebration on the, the greatest, I think, on the Christian calendar. Matthew chapter 26 from the NIV. Um, I'm going to take a few excerpts, um, uh, but I'll tell you which verses I'm reading. But you could probably read the whole chapter when you get a chance. Matthew 26, 17, uh, verse 17 says, On the first day, so this is how it starts, on the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? Verse 26 says, While they were eating, Jesus took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body. And then there was this whole incident with Judas and the dipping. We'll skip to verse 27. Uh, Then he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink from it, all of you, this is my blood. Uh, for this new covenant, which I poured out uh, for many for the forgiveness of sins. Uh, I tell you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine uh, from now until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. And then when they had uh, drunk from the cup, uh, they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. Okay, so I, I think this is a really incredible thing. This is a mini church service that takes place, but it takes place not in the form of a massive evangelistic outreach crowd and not in a temple, it's taking place in a home. And I think it is a remarkable thing that Jesus um, both needed and wanted uh, the connection of uh, a a meal together with with his disciples. It is absolutely an Old Testament tradition, Passover, unleavened bread, but he continues it into the new covenant. He he, he describes the value in the new ta- new covenant of uh, uh, New Testament of this meal held together. And I have a few questions uh, posed to me in this text that I want to present to you too. So so the, the first question is the disciples asking Jesus, where do you, uh, how, how should we prepare? Where should we make preparations so you can have the Passover meal? And, and I, I think the idea of preparation is really important. You know, 
Whenever I have guests come around to my home, I, I make a little extra effort. I want to be well prepared. I make sure my fridge looks like a human lives there. And I tidy up a couple of things that have been on my to-do list for a while. And maybe I, I, you know, I get out the matching stuff and not the mismatching stuff. And I, I just wanted in our own lives, in this, in this process of, of getting to Passover, how prepared you are for him to occupy a room, a space, a conversation in your life. I wonder about that little bit of extra effort and I wonder about getting stuff that matches in your life so that it's not disconnected. And I wonder about ticking off a couple of items on your to-do list that perhaps you, you should have done a while ago already, but are, are now finally making the commitment to do. And I also wonder about this idea of, of going through the extra effort of of making it personal. You know, the thing about a church, big or small, it can be very impersonal. And it's sometimes the church's fault and it's sometimes my fault and your fault. Um, it's, it's how we engage, but we, we have permission to be at arm's length, but not at a meal. Not at a meal with Jesus, it's personal. When we take communion on Friday, tomorrow together, those of you who are available to do that, uh, it's personal and it's it's individual and it's you and him and that moment and it requires an action and a vulnerability and that process is so valuable. So I think preparation is important. Uh, Jesus tells the disciples, go, go, you'll find a place a person has made a room available and ready. Tell them that person the master needs it. So if the first question is my preparation, the second is, do I have a place? Uh, do I have a place I call home, a spiritual home? Do I make my home a spiritual place? Is it a spiritual home for my family? Is it a spiritual home for my wife and husband and kids and pets? Is it a spiritual home for uh, people in my life? Do I go to a spiritual home? Is the idea of, of a, a prepared place um, important? me. And I, I do think it is. I think that, you know, before you face the crowd, uh, you need to come into an, a safe space of covenant. And th this question really punches me in, in, in the gut in a way, because it's so important that um, uh, I'm, I'm prepared. And it's also very important that I, I'm, I'm spiritual about it and that I have company and I have a place. And I, I think there's uh, beauty in that. And then, and then Jesus tells his disciples, take of this bread, eat it's my body, take of this cup, drink it's my blood. It's the representation of the new covenant. And he reminds us that we are all different and yet one in him. And so the first is preparation. The second is a place. I go to a place and I am a place. And then thirdly, it's a new practice. And, you know, I don't... I don't have to wait. I'll tell you a little secret. How, how, are, we, how are we doing on time? Good. I'll tell you a little secret about communion. Every now and then at church, in our church, we uh, leave communion on either side of the stage uh, in all our churches deliberately. You can take it at any time during worship, before church, after church, and make it your own personal thing. Sometimes I take one or two home because I have this desire that week to implement a practice. And for a little while when I was going through a really rough time, I made sure that I had one every Friday. I had a little, one of those little prepared packages. And if I, I didn't remember, I'd use some, you know, flatbread and, and grape juice in my home. But I'd make a practice of it. And I just, I wanted to encourage you that you didn't have to wait, you don't have to wait um, for somebody else to tell you to do it. 
that you could you could put the practice uh, into play and it would have such a significant impact on your life. Take the initiative. And then the last point I wanted to make is that they sang a hymn. I mean, the, the word hymn is probably just a translation thing. Some translations say song of praise. So it's not like hymns the way we know them from the 16th and 18th century or better sort of spiritual songs than, than praise and worship songs. But the point was that uh, all throughout the Christian experience, songs of praise were important. And I, I don't know if you've ever wondered why. I recently did some homework about that because I'd love to do some teaching on this sometime. And I thought, you know, the singing, and it takes up half the church service if you go to a charismatic church. And what's, you know, what's at its, at its nucleus? And then I discovered a very practical thing uh, uh, that helped uh, the Bible wasn't printed until much later, right? So, so people didn't have scriptures at home. And so uh, if you wanted to teach people to memorize scripture, you put it to song or music, usually just like a normal uh, 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 song, a secular or a, a contemporary song people were singing anyway, like a rhythm people would remember. And then you would put scripture into it so that in singing it, you would remember it. It's a form of memory. Um, uh, uh, and meditation and I think we underestimate the power of that we sometimes think that worship or songs of praise are about a feeling or a moment or a thing in church but have you ever got a song stuck in your mind good or bad if I had a song stuck in your mind it's programming you teaching you training you you're memorizing it and then every time you re-sing it in your head you are meditating on it and I just wanted to encourage you to remember the value of that. So as we head into uh, Passover weekend, uh, we're going to gather together in a prepared way to a prepared place to implement a biblical practice to walk out of there with a song of praise so that um, we are anchored fully uh, in the new covenant under the uh, lordship and authority of Christ the Redeemer. So I hope this journey has been incredibly meaningful. Please share this and please invite people to church. We, we have this privilege and duty to be the salt and light and it really um, uh, can change lives. It definitely will change yours if you invite somebody to church. So should, should we pray? So Lord, thank you so much. Uh, for the power of your word and uh, equally the power of your your act of sacrifice and death, burial and resurrection. Over this weekend, as we participate in the practice of communion, of Passover, in the practice of water baptism, in the practice of songs of praise or worship, in preparing our hearts and preparing a place, uh, would you please visit us? Visit us in a really powerful way and still the storms and strengthen the weak uh, knees and, and feeble hands and heal the brokenhearted and supply every need in this most remarkable, miraculous thing we call the body of Christ, of which we are all uniquely members. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.